Welcome, friends, to Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, Bill Jack from Worldview Academy with me. And, Bill, I want to cut back to pop culture and the influences that uh, really form the modern mind and what I would call the zeitgeist of the spirit of the age, and that is modern popular media. Uh, People forget sometimes that they are the frogs in the slowly boiling water, and they just have a hard time understanding what's happening to them. And, you know, you didn't have television and media in the 1670s or the 1770s or the 1870s until you get to the 1970s. And now you have another significant step in the development of this media technology, and that is the Internet and the handheld devices that's become extreme isolation. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But 93% of Americans watch television every day. 1% to 2% never watch TV. That's pretty much where I am. But uh, this LifeScience.com article was interesting because this university professor researcher, Marina Crickmar, she's a professor of communication at North Carolina's Wake Forest University. She, she was looking for people who never watch television. Of course, that probably took her a couple of years to <laughs> find a sample size big enough to do well, a study. I'm sure she put ads on TV to, to find That wouldn't them. have helped. No, that wouldn't have helped. Yeah. So she found 120 people from 62 different households. And she studied these folks. And so, you know, now, why, why did these people leave the reservation, the media reservation? That was a question she grappled with. And, Bill, I do think that she says that it was, you know, a group of people on the one hand, uh, crunchy granola set on the one hand, or the religious right ultra-conservative camp on the other hand. These were the two major groups of people constituting the one to two percent that are not watching television crunchy granola would be kind of the leftist environmentalistic earth worship crowd i'm guessing and then the other side are well shall we say it us (laughs) (laughs) the ultra conservative so but but I, i think these are the people bill who are sensitive to the programming not not the programming bill but you know, the programming, the programming, the programming, right. the programming, the programming yeah. is doing to everybody <laughs> that uh, there are just some people out there that want to unplug from the matrix. Uh, they sense that this thing's doing something to us or they sense that we are subjecting ourselves to mass programming, not programming, but the other kind of programming right. it's done within the context of the matrix. And they're unplugging. Bill, they're just unplugging. And one of the things I recommend to folks from time to time is do a three to six month fast on all media, just so you can see what this thing's doing to you. So you can kind of get outside of it, unplug, and then look at what it's doing to you and to others, perhaps within your own family. Kind of like the detox. Yeah, like detox. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Meyer uh, also has studied video games. Okay. And and the effect on children and how. Uh, she studied the harmful effects of that. Mm-hmm. And and so, I mean, she's very savvy media-wise. Yeah. And uh, she says some give up the media and television to avoid exposing their families to the excessive sex violence and consumerism they feel are promoted on screen. Others object to the medium itself, claiming television intrudes too much into their lives, interferes with conversation, takes time away from the family. Finally, some people have a beef with the power and values of the television industry and don't want its influence 
in their homes. Bill, have you ever gotten the impression that, you know, subjecting yourself to the onslaught of television, the modern medium, that you would become a different person after a while? I mean, you know, you would. You would. Right. 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 I mean, we are affected by the visual. You're going to be. And it's hard not to swim in that ocean and swim in that, that pond because we all were surrounded by and we consume media. Yeah. And she says that science actually supports many non-watchers' worst fears about TV. She says the research tends to show that increased exposure to television violence results in greater aggression in children. That's pretty consistent, though not all children become more violent. Everybody reacts differently. It's fair to say that what we watch affects us. When parents did cut television out of their homes, listen to this. They reported that their kids didn't bug them as much for junk food and toys advertising TV. They also said giving up television actually made their children easier to manage. Now, she says that's counterintuitive because most people put their kids in front of television as, as a babysitter. As the babysitter, yeah. right. But she says it actually makes things worse, not better. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Yeah, because the the images then dominate the, the children's minds and the ads or things dominate them and drive them and they go out and beg mom and dad, I want this, I want that. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and potentially it makes them you know, more dissatisfied with reality. I think what happens oftentimes when people are given a pseudo-reality, okay, that's basically in fantasy or fiction or something of this sort they're living in a different reality come back to the real reality it's not as much fun mm-hmm. i mean you're dealing with real people you're dealing with sin now yeah. and now you're going to need a redeemer right now you need jesus to save you and that's all a big hassle <laughs> to, to the average mind i think uh, to the natural mind okay be back with more in just a moment friends want to talk about what's happening in television wow the zeitgeist is corrupting more than ever before. The enemy has pulled out all the stops now. Back in a moment. And we're back on Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, Bill Jack as well from Worldview Academy. Bill, the zeitgeist is agenda-driven. No question about it. In your mind, my mind. Right. They got an agenda. You think these producers, the television producers, Amazon, Netflix, etc., are agenda-driven? Yeah, they are. Of course they are. Which means that they have a set worldview, and they want to share that worldview with others. Modern culture and worldviews are mostly derived today from media, not by the preaching of the Word of God, by a pastor, Pastor Billy Bob and Jimmy Joe, simply cannot compete with Steven Spielberg. Can't compete. Mm-mm. No way. And remember, the Cultural Revolution has pretty much dismissed the social values handed down from grandparents. And these modern satellites and streaming services have brought a very homogenous cultural revolution to the farming towns of North Dakota, the Amazon jungle towns of Brazil, Tel Aviv, Israel, and New York City. My son was in the Amazon. And he said, Dad, came back. And this is some village out, way out in the Amazon. I can't remember. I don't think it was Brazil. I think it was 
trying to think Peru or somewhere. Anyway, getting down into the Amazon, Amazonian villages. And he said, dad, these people lived in grass huts, more or less, very poor sort of houses. But man, the size of their big screens. Really? (laughs) Exactly. So am I exaggerating here? Am I exaggerating here? You tell me if I'm exaggerating that we have an homogenous cultural revolution that affects the farming towns in North Dakota, the Amazon jungle towns of Brazil, Tel Aviv, Israel, and New York City. We've inherited one homogenous cultural revolution. Remember, the cultural revolution always plays off of the social revolutions as well. So I'm just saying they're influential. In fact, there's an interesting story. A friend of mine worked at... Um, uh, MTV in the early 1990s. This would have been like 91, 92. The president of MTV gets a call from the premier of China. And the premier of China just wanted to ask him, what are you going to do to my nation if I let MTV into this country? Wow. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you think the Cultural Revolution has no influence. It's more influential than whatever Mao did. Yeah. Yeah. The modern pop cultural revolutions, friends, I'm telling you, the, the great presidents and premiers of this world are unable to stand against the, the, the power of these tremendous pop cultural wow. systems today. Yeah. All right. Well, now here's the latest. And I, I wanted to, I, this is, I think, important for families to understand what's going on here. ParentsTV.org does this study on a fairly regular basis, as I recall, because I've been back to it on the worldview.com, our five-minute update every day. We've been Mm -hmm. back to this a number of times. But uh, this time they do an analysis of the streaming TV available to the average family today. And so we find that the parentstv.org study found that less than 3% of Amazon Prime videos are family-friendly. As defined by the PG or G ratings, only 6% of Netflix originals are PG or G or, and 62% are rated mature audience only. And in total, 268% more adult only entertainment films are available on the streaming services versus content suitable for families. Hmm. Now that compares to the same organization conducting analysis on the 2007, 2008 television series. And PG-rated content back then slightly outnumbered TV-14 content on the broadcast networks. 110 episodes of TV-PG content versus 101 episodes of TV-14, meaning they had about a 55-45 split on family-friendly to family-unfriendly in 2007. Now, move ahead 10 years. By 2017, it was a 40-60. Move from 55-45 to a 40-60 split family-friendly to family-unfriendly, meaning that family-unfriendly, meaning TV mature, was outnumbering the family-friendly programming by 2017. Now, five years later, the ratio is 595, 5% family-friendly to 95% family-unfriendly. So now here's, here's why this is important. Now, now, why is this important? They say, well, but yeah, but streaming is not TV. But here's why this is important. Kids don't watch TV. They stream. All right. Kids are streaming. That's what they do. In fact, most children have abandoned the television set in the living room. They don't watch the television set in the living room. They're getting their media from their iPhone. Right. From their computers. 
So the younger generation is streaming. They're not using television. And it's the streaming services that drive the market. The streaming services are the Pied Piper of Hamlin now for, for your you know, 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old kid. So you know we've gone from corrupting 50% of the nation's children to 95% of the nation's children just in the last five years. The enemy, I think, has pulled out the stops, Bill. I mean, they've just pulled out the stops to, to be sure that the children are, are corrupted as much as possible. Now, one of the big differences, I've made this point in probably four, 40 to 60 talks in eight different nations over the last five years, I pull out a cell phone and say, this has changed the game. This has changed the game. The cell phone, the iPhone, the smartphone has changed the game. Right. And every parent from the Philippines to Nepal to South Africa to Brazil would agree with me and said, you know, back in the 1990s, kids would watch television with their families. Now they're isolated. Now everything's changed. And you can control media you can control the smartphones. You can control the computer in your own home, but you can't control your neighbor's kids' computers. You can't control what's going on with the other kids in the Christian school. Right. You can't control that. You can't. You can't. The only option is homeschooling at this point because of this media explosion, because of the isolation involved. You, you couldn't take you know a 400-pound television set into the bathroom with you <laughs> in 1992, Bill. All right. Nobody, no kid, you know, kid to do that. They take a television set in the bathroom and crush them to death. Yeah. Plus, they probably tip into the bathtub and then electrocuting, electrocute everybody. Yeah. All right. Wow. Anyway, so one of the big questions that is posed concerning this powerful cultural entities is this. It's an important question. It's a question of push pull. Who leads the culture, Bill? Does the democracy lead the culture? That is, all of the kids that are choosing whatever movie they're going to stream on any given moment who leads the culture does the democracy lead the culture or do the oligarchs who produce the material lead the culture does the market demand r-rated material or do the oligarchs shove the r-rated material and the ma ratings down the throats of the viewers which is it and my answer is i think they work together some what of a symbiosis involved in the push pull like who leads the culture that's the question but i would say in general the onus is upon the teachers as jesus said right the onus is always on the teachers and it's the cultural leaders at netflix and amazon that are leading what your take on that yeah what's your thought i, I agree the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Well, it's not, it's not mama it's anymore. It's not mama anymore. Uh -huh. Who's rocking the cradle? Mm -hmm. It's, you know, mm -hmm. it's media. It's the social media. It's, it's the movie producers, the television producers, the streaming services, and it's what's held in the hand. The other uh, phenomenon that's developing bill. And I just want to hit this one as well. You just mentioned it is that these young people, they're, they're actually, doing more social media mm -hmm. than anything else. They do YouTube and TikTok. Those are the biggest. Yeah. YouTube and TikTok are the biggest in terms of what they're doing with their handhelds. But uh, social media is huge. 90% of Gen Zers spend anywhere from one to 10 hours a day on social media. 86% on YouTube, 76% on TikTok. 50% of Gen Zers spend more than three hours a day on social media. Hmm. 50% of Gen Zers right now and Gen Zers are, you know, roughly 16 to 24 years old. So about half of Gen Zers are on social media more than three hours every day, which means 21 hours a week. It's about half the time you spend in a 
40 hour job, right? The, the worldview of social media as I see it. Now, you, I don't know how you interpret social media. And I want to hear this. But the worldview in social media as I see it is chaos. It's roughly 200 separate inputs into, in any given moment, into the brain. Designed to bring about sensory overload, the inability to think sequentially, uh, the opportunity to stress out to focus on everything at the same time, but ne- never to really accomplish much, to go bad places fast, to bring about way more attention disorders, depression, and addictions. Now, actually, most of what I just read came from secular psychological sites. So. <laughs> Secular psychologists are concerned about this. I'm not sure Christians are, but these secular psychologists are somewhat concerned about. But as I see it, the worldview itself is chaotic. It's it's sort of a polytheistic, all sorts of ideas floating in all at the same time, nothing really connected to anything else. Also, the worldview is isolating in the sense that children are not watching television with their parents anymore. In other words, the the mode is the message is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. The, The mode is the message. It's not just the message they're getting, but the, the fact that they're getting it by this mode that makes the difference. And everything is relativistic. There's, yes, there's no, there's yes. no standard by which to judge what is, what is seen. It is just random images poured in, random ideas poured in with no context or no overall worldview to filter it. So let's just... End with some positive encouragement, some direction for our listening audience, Uh, first and foremost of which is you can't replace something with nothing, but really ultimately what we need to come back to is human relationships, face-to-face relationships within the family context, having fun together, spending time together. Those who will survive this technology revolutions and the onslaught of the zeitgeist, I think, are going to have to be intentional, Bill. They're going to have to be intentional, thoughtful, deliberate, creative thinking out of the box you're just going to have to wake up, get out of the matrix and start thinking on your own and, and, and determining how you're going to live your life. And you're not going to live your life because Elon Musk and Twitter has imposed this particular lifestyle upon you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The people who survive this are going to have to be thoughtful and intentional. You have to be very deliberate in how you spend your time. You know, go for a walk, go biking, go yeah. for a hike, you know, read a book, talk to people. Yep. Yep, yep. And, and be intentional about and, that, and that this is the way we're going to live our life. Yes. And, and community is important to overcome the isolation and the isolation leads to despairing. Yes. Yes. A, a despairing yes. worldview. So yes. you, you need to be part of a community, a church community and discuss ideas, have interactions, play games, learn skills, that kind of thing. Our family also, when we watch video, this has been the case, I think, for 20 years with very few exceptions. Bill, it's to watch together. Mm-hmm. Just watch together. That was the rule. And I'm, I'm going all the way back to when we lived in Elbert. Uh, 20 years ago, we had a sign up in front of the television room. Nobody watches this thing by yourself <laughs> that we are going to watch together and interact with this thing together. And that does make a difference. Yeah. So what video we watched, we watched together. We got rid of television and cable about 15 years ago. I haven't watched television. Uh, we've worked hard as a family. I think we built the family economy. And you, you see us down here. You, you come visit us. Oh, what yeah. do you see? A bunch of people working, yep. including the one and a half year olds. Yep. A little sweatshop. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one and a half year olds chewing on the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, we travel. We go camping. Our children hike. I should. 
get the big guy out of the camp or get him hiking. I don't do that enough. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to hike. You know, hiking's hard for me. Mm. But develop a strong sense of what is healthy and edifying. What is healthy? What is edifying? Do you have a strong sense for that? And there's only one recipe for overcoming the world. This, my wife and I talked about this this week as well, of escaping the world. Some people do attempt to escape the world. No, 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 no. We don't escape the world. No, no. We confront the world. We engage the world. We bring down those ideas that counter uh, the, the knowledge of God. Um, and, and here is the only thing that overcomes the world. We're called to overcome the world. If you're running from the world, that doesn't look like you're overcoming. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if, if the responsibility on all of us as Christians is to overcome the world, now it doesn't mean we amalgamate into the world because the Bible says don't conform to the world, right? You get that, right? Romans 12. But what should we do? Overcome the world. But the one thing required to overcome the world is our faith. Mm-hmm. Friends, you got to have faith. Absolutely. Yeah, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. See, a lot of families that give into the power of the world and the devil behind it. No, this is a faith battle. You cannot overcome without faith. Faith in God, faith in Jesus, believing his word and believing his promises. And then, and then you could watch Christian produce stuff. You know, it's interesting. This has been a big year for faith-based genre and film. Jesus Revolution, His Only Son, The Blind just came out. I haven't seen it. But uh, more and more Christian material, $268 million in the box office this year is 4% of the box office receipts for 2023 thus far. And that's up from 1% last year. And then the other thing that I think everybody needs to consider is this. Diversion is not rest. It's just diversion. It's just diversion. It's a little bit like, I don't know, just taking a downer, but never really getting any sleep. Mm. Does that make Mm. sense? Yeah. Sometimes we want to be restful and we think that diversion is restful, but diversion is not restful. Diversion is escape. We're escaping, not resting, but escaping what? Escaping God's world, not wanting to deal with God's reality on God's terms by God's word and by God's savior, and that is Jesus. That's diversion. And Sabbath rest, what is Sabbath rest? Hebrews 4 comes to mind. Hebrews 4 says Sabbath rest is resting in Christ, resting from your works by relying on Christ's works. Okay, now that's theology. That's just a little bit of theology for you. I'm just going to end there because I think that's a little nugget to think about. Friends, you just got to figure out what real rest is. It's not diversion. Okay, well, that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast. Friends, I encourage you to my little book, The Tattooed Jesus, What the Real Jesus Would Do With Pop Culture. It's a book on just this subject, pop culture. Get a copy of The Tattooed Jesus, just 140 pages. Gives you a brief introduction to how to handle pop culture from a Christian worldview perspective. That's available at generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation. 